0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Checkerboard Chat. Once again, I'm Tyler Wombles, that's DeMichael Cole, and we're back to the official sports podcast of the Daily Beacon, bringing you more Tennessee athletics news, updates, and whatever we feel like talking about. There's a pretty important game coming up this Saturday for the Tennessee football team. It's the SEC home opener against the Georgia Bulldogs. DeMichael, just what would you say about this matchup, just getting us started off?
1: Well... It's going to be the most interesting game of the season so far yeah. for a variety of reasons, and I think Georgia's the best team that they've played so far. So it'll it'll be really interesting how this game turns out, and Tennessee's definitely going to have to play their best game.
0: That's for sure. I mean, this Georgia team is definitely definitely a team that will that will very likely give Tennessee a challenge. Um, obviously, you know the Bulldogs beat Mississippi State. Last week, uh, pretty handedly beat them. Yeah. Mississippi State's a good team. They're ranked number 25 right, right now in the AP poll. Um, now, have they announced yet if Jake Fromm is going to be starting as well or is it or if Jacob Eason's going to play? Or?
1: Um, I don't think they've announced it, but, okay. I mean, the, the general consensus in the media and everywhere is that Jake Fromm, I mean, yeah. he hasn't done anything to lose the job, so, you yeah. know, it's not broke.
0: And for those of you that don't know, Jacob Eason was the starter last season as a true freshman. I think yeah, he was the number one high school player in the nation coming yeah. out of high school, um, and he played. He was solid. Played, yeah, you know, he, he played, was okay played solid last year for season. a true freshman. But then uh, they got Jake Fromm, who was another very highly uh, lauded um, player out of high school. Yeah, and so he joined the team, and he was the backup to Eason. But then Eason got hurt a couple games ago, and then Fromm, you know, right. took took over the job, and he's played really well. And so now you have a bit of a quarterback controversy for the Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, to Michael, just, just hearing your opinion on this, if you were Georgia, which of them would you start? I'm starting from, but okay. what's we'll, starting
1: from? If, if he, you know, he's a, he's a true freshman, mm-hmm. so he's coming to Neyland Stadium. I mean, of course, he played in Notre Dame, but I feel like this SEC atmosphere, it'll be different. Not too much different, but it's going to be a different kind of thing for him. And if he struggles too much like he did – I mean, he struggled in the Notre Dame game. I mean, the team was able to pull it out, but that was his um, worst game of the season so far. And if he struggles like he did in that game, then at some point you might consider if they need, uh, you know, some type of jolt in the offense, you got to give Easton a chance. I mean, he made some big plays against Tennessee last season. Everyone knows he has a huge arm. Oh, yeah. And he can make all the throws. I think he's the more talented quarterback Eason is. But, I mean, Fromm hasn't done anything to relinquish the job.
0: Well, I think that's definitely a good point. And um, talking about that almost, not a two-quarterback system, but this, right. this situation where the Bulldogs will likely start Fromm, but they could go to Eason if the game's not going the way they want exactly. to. It's also it's pretty interesting compared to Tennessee's own quarterback situation. Yep. Obviously, exactly. you know, Quentin Dormity has been the starter this whole time. Um, Jarrett Garantano, they both competed all throughout the offseason. Garantano's played in two games, hasn't mm-hmm. really played well in either of those appearances. Um, but it was, against in, um, against UMass, he did come in at a pretty critical yeah. time of the game. Third quarter, he, late in the third quarter. Yeah, yeah, when the game was still really close. Right. And uh, he was actually benched for Dormady about near around the fourth quarter. Um, played against Indiana State a couple games before. Ended up throwing a touchdown, but only completed about a third of his passes. DeMichael, um, just talking about this Tennessee quarterback situation, what have you seen out of both of the players, and what do you expect to see this Saturday?
1: Well, I feel like Dormley is clearly, you know, he's he's shown that he's the starter. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you have to say right now that Dormley is the quarterback that has looked more composed but then again, Dormity hasn't, you know, looked like a world leader mm-hmm. um, by any means. Um, he struggled in some games, in particular, you know, the Florida game. He had his struggles. And Garantano, you know, when your starter's struggling and you want to put in your backup, like Butch said, he put him in because he wanted him to give the offense a boost. Yeah. And that was his chance to to earn the starting job. Sure, yeah. And he didn't take advantage of that chance. But I, I don't think it's over yet because, honestly – I feel like it's, it actually was pretty weird how, to me, I believe it was the Indiana State game when um, Dormity was in the game. The team ran a lot of read option type principles, but when Garantano came in, you saw a lot of rollout passing. That's so true, yeah. I, I was surprised to see that. I mean, yeah. you, you, you'd want to see Garantano get a lot more of the read option. Yeah, almost type a way. switch. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you, you haven't seen a lot of that. No. I mean, we've probably seen what him get a take a couple out of the running back's pocket. I mean, there was one he had to mesh in the fumble, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's where he could provide a difference because I know we've seen it in pretty much every game where the defensive sure. end is crashing down or the outside linebacker. is crashing down and normally just has a huge hole, but he, you know, he, he gives it to the, Running back and that could that could help Kelly out a lot. That could help the wide receivers out. That could help the offensive line out. So Garantano can provide a jolt with the right
0: play calling, I would say. But Dormity is your guy right now. Yeah. And you know I agree with that. I think obviously Tennessee has not had the best stretch of four games. They are three and one, but they you know obviously the game you know to Florida was again <laughs> a lot of fans felt that Tennessee should win. Obviously the UMass contest was yeah. a game that many fans weren't pleased with. But I do agree. I think Dormady is still the guy for this team. I think over the summer and during the off season, he really carved out a leadership role on yes, this team, and I think the team does respect him and look to him as a leader. And I think it's really interesting that you brought up that whole read option for Dormady yeah. and then like a rollout pass for Garantano. Mm-hmm. What um, what Demichelis saying with that, you know, is essentially you know Dormady's more of the pocket passer, exactly. traditional pro style player, while Garantano is really lauded as you know a dual threat. Really athletic guy. A lot of guys have compared him to Josh Dobbs, who is now playing with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would say some of that play call may have been the situations of the game. Because when Garantano had to go in, they really needed um, a spark in the passing game. But you're right. Yeah, you would think that they would have more of a passing idea for Dormity whenever he's in the game. More of, you know, a handoff and then maybe play action pass. Yeah, just
1: more – pocket pass principles sure. within the game. I mean, it's like they're running the Josh Dobbs-type offense yeah, with, with Dormity. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's that's not his game. No, and it's not. That's that's perfectly fine because you you adjust to the quarterback that you have. And, I mean, Dormity's proven that, you know, he can make – I mean, he hit Brandon Johnson on, like, six slant routes. Yeah. And he's proven that he can make the passes. Mm-hmm. I mean, John Kelly has, I mean, had, what, five receptions in almost mm-hmm. three or four of the games this season. So – He's gotten the ball to the playmakers. It's just, I mean, he's inconsistent with it, but he's the guy right now.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and like I said, I agree with that. Um, I think it is interesting talking about Dormady, you know. Mm -hmm. In the Georgia Tech game, obviously, he started out very rough, looked very shaky, sort of came back with the help of Marquez Callaway. Obviously, he's been a catalyst for this team this year, and he's done that in several games. I still don't think Dormady looks – Incredibly confident. I still think he does look very shaky, and against this Georgia defense, that's going to yeah, be something. You can that...
1: men- mention how he he's thrown off his back foot a lot. Sure, yeah, and, and that shows uncomfortability, But he said um, in the presser early this week that I mean that's just going to happen sometimes yeah. through the flow of the game. So I mean, if he's comfortable doing it, then I mean maybe the results will start to speak for themselves. That's true,
0: so. and uh, we'll have to yeah. see that. I actually um going back to Jake Fromm for a minute. Mm-hmm. I remember I actually did an interview with the uh, Alex Soderstrom of the Red and Black, which is the yeah. the Georgia student newspaper, and he's one of their football beat writers. And he interviewed me about the game and what I thought about it, and he said, you know, what do you think about Fromm if Fromm does get the nones and they're, you know, playing in that sort of environment? And I said, you know, I think that's going to be interesting because obviously with the UMass game, a lot of fans did leave. And yeah, there wasn't they a huge did. amount of fans, but I don't think there will be a problem with fans at this game. I think they'll be there. Obviously, Tennessee is doing another checker Neyland where they're going to checker sections of the stadium. But I think it will be very interesting to see how does Jake Fromm play in Neyland? You know, how does he... Yeah, yeah.
1: that's the biggest factor in the entire game, in my opinion, simply because that's that's Tennessee's advantage. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like offensively, Georgia has an advantage. Defensively, Georgia has an advantage, but... Tennessee will be playing at home. Tennessee is going against a freshman quarterback, and Tennessee throws a ton of blitzes at you. Mm -hmm. And this quarterback hasn't seen, you know, blitzes, how Bob Shoup draws them up. That's true. And how is he going to react in a third and five when he thinks the defensive end is coming, but instead it's two linebackers coming right up the middle? Mm -hmm. So how is he going to react when that's happening and things of that nature? So, I mean, they could rattle him.
0: They could, yeah. And, yeah. and obviously with that crowd of Neyland Stadium, yeah. you know, say you're right by the student section, if you're from in the offense or just anywhere, really anywhere in on the field, yeah. you you're going to have that Neyland effect. Exactly. And it's uh, I remember I watched – I was at the Tennessee game, Butch Jones' first year when they upset South Carolina. South Carolina. I think South Carolina was ranked number 11. Connor and, Shaw. Uh, yeah. yeah. And Connor Shaw, obviously, you know, he's a very good college quarterback. Mm-hmm. Hasn't really made a name for himself in the NFL. I right. think he's yeah. – I think he's still on the Cleveland Browns practice squad. He mm-hmm. may have, you know, signed somewhere else. But he was a very good college quarterback. But I remember a key to that game was his he could barely get the playoff. Right. You know, yeah. his linemen could not hear him call the snap. They could not hear him call the And that has a huge effect. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if, if you're yeah. – I mean, false starts, um, delay of game. Yeah. Just all those sort of things that can derail any offensive drive. And
1: you got – I mean, fast guys off the edge like Kyle Phillips and Daryl oh, Taylor. Yeah. I mean, they're they're flying off of the edge. And, man, that could make a huge difference. And Nealon Stadium, it'll be interesting because last yeah. week we saw, I mean, that stadium was what, maybe half empty oh, generously at yeah. the halftime.
0: There weren't a and, ton of fans in there to start the game. Yeah, exactly. They they said the attendance was, I think, 95,000, 95, but that yeah. seemed pretty generous.
1: Right, yeah. That was probably paid attendance. Then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um. It'll be interesting because the fans will have to show up. But we know right now there aren't a lot of fans on Butch's side. But, I mean, then again, you have to cheer for the players. Yeah. And I feel like, man, if the fans want this game to be a win, which I'm pretty sure they do, they have to show
0: up. And it's the biggest advantage, in my opinion. And I'm glad you mentioned the whole fans of being on Butch's side thing because that was actually something we're going to get to as well. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Butch Jones, about his job security, um, going into this game. A lot of people feel that he could actually be fired after this game um, if Tennessee gets blown out or does not play well at all. Some people feel that they'll give him the rest of the season. Um, I'm going to start with you, Demichael, then I'll sort of say my opinion. Okay. If Tennessee loses this game, if Tennessee gets blown out by Georgia, you know, maybe 42 to 7, 50 to 0, whatever, like a lot of people are predicting. Right. What do you see Butch Jones's job security looking like then? If the team is blown out by Georgia.
1: I honestly think he'll be fired. Really? I don't think it'll be the right decision, personally. Okay. I, but I feel like it's what it's what would happen, mm-hmm. and simply because you have a bye week coming up. So, I mean, if you're going to fire a coach, you want to try to do it before yeah. a bye week so you can work in that new coach, the interim coach, and he can insert his principles in the team, and you get a whole week off plus uh, another week to prepare for the next opponent. So that that'd be the best time to do it, simply because this game, right after this game, they have a bye week, and Butch won't have a lot of fans on his mm-hmm. side. But the reason I said that I wouldn't agree with it is simply because you have one of the top recruiting classes in the nation right now, one of Tennessee's top recruiting classes. Um, I mean, you have a very young team, and you have you know you have a lot of weapons. Mm-hmm. And I feel like personally, I mean, maybe it's too much because a lot of people felt like he should have been fired last year, but they did, yeah. I say I say I mean. You give this team another look next year when these players grow up a year older and maybe they won't have as a ton of injuries because injuries have hit them hard the last mm-hmm. couple years. I mean there aren't a lot of coaches period. I mean maybe Nick Saban maybe a Urban Meyer but I mean if you're losing like Tennessee did last year three or four defensive tackles and you're losing Todd Kelly in your secondary and yeah. I mean you're having to depend on very young players. You can't expect Someone to win a SEC championship. I mean, maybe you can expect them to win um, yeah. <laughs> the Big Twelve or something. But sure, yeah. The SEC, it's it's not going to. It's a happen. different ball game. It's a different ball game. So I don't feel like it to be the right decision oh, simply okay. because you have to give them a chance with a with a healthy roster and and simply because you you have one of the top recruiting classes in the nation right now. And yeah. honestly, if you lose your head coach, that recruiting class might go into shambles because if your head coach is gone. It's going to be a lot of more departures within the coaching staff. But I think he's gone if they, they get beat bad. Well,
0: and I agree with that. I think that if Tennessee gets beat, I think the fan base right now, there's a lot of fans, whether they should be feeling this way or not, there's yeah. a lot of fans that are really down on Butch Jones. I think the way that they feel is that, you know, obviously he has brought the, the team back to nine-win seasons. Mm-hmm. He has brought a lot of talent into the program, but at the same time you've got – you can't – almost lose to UMass. Right. I mean, that can't yeah. happen as Tennessee. And, you know, Tennessee's going to this game. Obviously, it's so hard to predict with this team, but they're going to this game, almost everyone's predicting that they will be blown out. And yeah. that's not something that you, John Curry wants to see. Any Tennessee fan wants to see for Tennessee. Um, Personally, I feel like Butch Jones has done a great job of rebuilding the Tennessee program. No doubt about it. I think, you know, if I'm grading Butch Jones on – different traits, I give him an A on recruiting and rebuilding a program. I think in his five years here, he has increased the win total every year. Last year, they had the same number of wins um, right. as the year before. But, you know, he's – I mean, look at that draft class that they had last yeah. year.
1: And you have to look at where the program was before he got here. Sure. And, yes, a lot of I know a lot of people say, it's been four or five years. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. been, it's time now. But, I mean – it happens like this for some coaches.
0: It does, and I yeah. think that I think where Butch Jones really needs to improve, like in this next game, is to show that he and his coaches mm-hmm. can get it done. Right. The coaching he has obviously brought the program up, but there's a lot of doubt. You know, does can he actually coach these players the way they should be coached to get these wins? I think it'll be very interesting. I think that Tennessee owes Butch Jones. If they do fire him, they owe him a lot. For really rebuilding this program and doing a lot, but at the same time, if you do lose to Georgia in that fashion, there's not a whole lot of arguments that can be made for not looking in another direction. And let's
1: be honest here: I mean, you got to beat your rivals when when you you sign up for this kind of a job. I mean, no matter who you are in the SEC, you got to beat your rivals. So for Tennessee, I mean, you have to beat Georgia. You have to beat Florida. I mean, you have to at least be competitive, you know, against Alabama. Yeah, at least, <laughs> so we'll, <laughs> we'll say at least be competitive against which, Alabama. Uh, being
0: competitive against Alabama, that's that might be the toughest Man. of all the, oh. the games you mentioned. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but yeah, um, I think it'll, that's just obviously the biggest storyline going into this game. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. But that's going to wrap it up for us today. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Um, this is Tyler Wombles. That's to Michael Cole. Be sure to follow the Daily Beacon on Twitter. At UTK Beacon Sports, um, follow the Daily Beacon Twitter as well. Follow us on Facebook. You can follow me and Demichael's uh, personal accounts just to keep up with all the you know info, Tennessee athletics info that's going to be coming your way. Keep track of the website. But um, that's going to wrap it up for us. So, like I said, this is Tyler Wombles. That's Demichael Cole, and we will see you next week.